0: Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of Sam's Explaining Science. I'm Sam, I'm your host, I'll be Sam Explaining the Science, and today we're talking about fall. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, how are ya? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, thanks for asking. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since my last episode, sorry about that. Um... But we're back, and today we're talking about autumn, or fall, whatever you'd like to call it. In the last episode, I had a little bit of a rant at the beginning about how much I love fall, how like I love the pumpkins, and the cooler weather, and um, Gilmore Girls rewatch. Um, but one like characteristic thing about fall is... The leaves changing, right? Like, that's what, that's why they call it fall, because the leaves change and fall off the trees. Um, So, I wanted to make an episode about that, about the fall and like why leaves change colors and fall off the trees. Um, So, that's what this episode is gonna be about. The title of the episode is like sort of ironic. I don't know if you've been to a Home Goods this year or not, but all of the Floor mats and the potholders and the mugs all say "I love fall most of all," which honestly, so do I. Same, but I wouldn't buy a potholder with the saying on it. But that's just my taste. If you do, I love that for you, and I get it because I too love fall most of all. Um, also, there's a lot that's like it's fall, y'all, but like obviously, just look out the window; you can tell it's fall. Anyway. Not really my taste, I, although I do love fall decorations. My apartment is all like decked out. I have leaves and pumpkins and um, ghosts, because it's spooky season as well, um, and uh, like skeletons and stuff. I love Halloween. It's frickin' bats. Anyway, um, back to the episode. <laughs> um, today, we're talking about the leaves changing, why they change. Etc. So we'll get into the questions for today's episode. So the first question is honestly like the bulkiest part of this episode. It is what are plants, and that's kind of a s- stupid question. <laughs> um, maybe a better way to say it is like how are plants plants? How are they plants? I don't know. I'm gonna basically just give a basics of botany of sorts. Um, and just kind of talk about plants, how they're different from animals, Um, which sounds obvious, but we're gonna get into some specifics that maybe won't be as obvious, Um, and hopefully it'll be informative. If not, whatever, I tried. (laughs) Um, The second question of this episode is, why do leaves change color in the fall? as sort of the inspiration for this episode. But before I could kind of jump into why they change color, I figured I would give give myself a reminder and give everybody who may listen, who is not familiar with plants, a crash course on plants. So those are our two questions for this episode. Let's get into the first one. What are plants? How are plants plants? How are they plants? Um <laughs> if you're watching this episode, uh by the way you can watch this episode, Sam Explaining Science YouTube. The link is in the description. Um but for those of you who are not watching the video, I'm showing a beautiful picture of the fall foliage taken at Central Park, courtesy of the Central Park Conservancy. Um But yeah, what are plants? That's kind of an obvious question. I feel like we all know what plants are, right? They're like trees flowers, vegetables, right? Things that usually grow in the ground with soil. They need, usually need water, um, need sunlight to grow. Um, but scientifically, biologically, plants are living things, just like you and I are living things. We're alive, so too are plants. And by that Definition: plants undergo a lot of processes that living things do, right? They undergo respiration, locomotion, um, growth, reproduction. You know, all these things that make living things living, plants do as well. And as we know, all living things are made up of cells. Though the cells that we have as animals are not the same as the cells that plants have. So I'm showing now a side-by-side comparison of animal cells and plant cells. Um, But there are a lot of similarities because we are both living things and we have to do these certain processes in order to be alive. So there are a lot of similarities between animal cells and plant cells. Most of the organelles... Um, which are basically little machines inside the cell that each have specific jobs. Um, So most of these organelles are the same between animal cells and plant cells. So like the nucleus, the nucleus holds the DNA or the genetic material of the living thing. Um, The mitochondria, uh, you might remember that as a buzzword from high school biology But the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, right? It's involved in cellular respiration, which is the process of breaking down glucose to make energy. Um, And these are organelles that classify animals and plants as eukaryotes. Eukaryote is a word for an organism that has membrane-bound organelles, a membrane-bound nucleus. Um, so basically, there's like a little envelope around each little machine in the cell that each has a certain job. Um, so animals and plants are both eukaryotes and they both have membrane-bound nuclei and membrane-bound organelles. Um, but there are some key differences between animals and plants, as you can imagine. Um, if we go down to the cell level, one of the most obvious differences between an animal cell and a plant cell is that animal cells are more rounded, they're more circular. Um, they're not always like a perfect circle, like is shown on the figure, but they're usually more rounded. Um, and plant cells are more square or boxy in shape. And that's because they're held up by a cell wall that is located outside of the cell membrane. So for an animal cell, an animal cell does not have a cell wall, it just has a cell membrane that's like an envelope, it keeps everything inside the cell. Um, And the plant cell has a cell membrane as well, but it also has a cell wall outside of the cell membrane that helps keep the cell's structure as like a box. Um, So that's one key difference between animal cells and plant cells. Another difference between animal and plant cells is uh, like energy sources, I guess. So animal cells, um, like us, we, if we need energy, um, sorry if you can hear background noise, the windows are open because it's a beautiful day. Um, (laughs) But animal cells, if we're hungry, if we need food, if we need energy, and from energy, from food comes energy, right? So if we need food, we can eat. We can eat a Kit-Kat and from that Kit-Kat get energy. Um, Tragically, plants can't eat Kit-Kats and groundbreaking. You've heard it here first. Plants cannot eat Kit-Kats. So in order to get energy, um, they need to, to get energy from sugar, for example. They need to make their own sugar. Um, And that's where another key difference between animal and plant cells comes in is plant cells have an additional organelle, uh, additional machine in their cell called the chloroplast. And this might be another buzzword that you've heard back in like high school biology. But a chloroplast is an organelle in plant cells that um, is the setting for the conversion of light, energy, energy, Uh, water, and carbon dioxide into glucose. So it makes its own glucose in the chloroplast in a process called photosynthesis. Um, So we're going to get into photosynthesis in a little bit, a little bit of the details, but first we're going to talk a little bit more about the chloroplast. The chloroplast looks like a little milk dud. (laughs) I really have candy on the mind today. I mean, I have candy on the mind every day, but especially in this episode. Um, so <laughs> the chloroplast, looks if we're going to use the analogy of a milk dud, um, the chloroplast has, it's membrane bound, right? Like all organelles are in eukaryotes. So it has two membranes. It has an outer membrane and an inner membrane. And between those two is what's called the intermembrane space. Inside the inner membrane, so now we're getting further towards the center of the milk dud, closer to like the sticky, caramelly goodness of the milk dud, um, is the stroma. And this is basically like the chewy inside, except it's not chewy. It's probably just like liquid, fluid, um, in the stroma of the chloroplast. And then within the stroma, further inside the stroma, there are like stacks of poker chips, poker chip looking things. And these are called thylakoids. The thylakoid, um, which honestly top 10 favorite science words, um, the thylakoid, it looks like a little hockey puck, a disc, um, that also has like a fluid interior, um, But this is like the site of one of the more important parts of photosynthesis. So I kind of wanted to go through the parts of the chloroplast before we jump into the photosynthetic process so we kind of have an idea of what's going on where inside of the chloroplast. Um, And also just an excuse to talk about milk duds. Um, (laughs) So one other thing that I want to note about chloroplast before we move on to photosynthesis is that... um, Chloroplasts are filled with pigments, pigments that give off a color, that make a leaf or a plant colorful, right? So the pigment, the role of the pigment is to help the plant absorb sunlight convert that sunlight into energy and then use that energy to make glucose. Um, The most abundant of the pigments, excuse me, the most abundant of the pigments in plants is chlorophyll, which is green in color. So a lot of times when you see plants or leaves on trees, they're green. And that's because there's a lot of chlorophyll in their chloroplasts, making the cell green and making the leaf appear green. Um, There are other pigments though, as well in the leaf, but just not at as high of a level. Um, And some other pigments are classified as carotenoids or carotenoids. I don't know how you pronounce it. It might be carotenoid because it's like a carrot because these pigments are orange, yellow, red in color. Um, So when uh, when these pigments are present, things appear red, orange, yellow um, but because the leaf has so much chlorophyll in it, most of the time it appears fully green because the carotenoids that make it red, orange, yellow are not as pronounced as the chlorophyll is. So that's a little background, a little uh, a little bit of breadcrumb before we get to the show at the end. Um <laughs> Okay, but let's move on to talk about photosynthesis. Whenever I hear photosynthesis, I think about that episode of SpongeBob where he's like, let's act like plants. And then he lays on the ground and like waves his arms in the air and he goes like, photosynthesis, you know. Maybe that's just me. It's probably just me. Um, But I guess that's, you know, something you got to know about me. If you're going to be my friend, you got to know your SpongeBob. Otherwise, our conversations will be completely and totally one sided when I, when I bring up things like this. Um, nothing kills a conversation more than I'm like, remember that episode of SpongeBob when? And I'd say a SpongeBob reference, and people are like, no. I'm like, okay. Fine then. Um, <laughs> anyway, photosynthesis is the process by which plants make their food. Um, Uh, a DIY Kit-Kat, if you will. Um, Specifically, plants make sugar in the form of glucose. Um, And we, cells, plant or animal, both, use glucose to make energy. But as we mentioned, the plants can't eat Kit-Kats, so they have to make their own glucose. Um, And they do this through the process of photosynthesis. So to do photosynthesis which might not be the right way to use that word, to do, to photosynthesize. That's it, that's a good one. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. To photosynthesize, plants need water, carbon dioxide. So water they, to photosynthesize, plants need water, which they can pull from their roots, from the soil that they're in. Usually the soil that plants are in are wet is wet soil is wet soil is wet words they're not my best you know I took the w with photosynthesize so I had to mess up the grammar of soil um anyway plants are usually in wet soil and then they pull water from the soil up through their roots up through the plant to the leaves so they need water they have water they need carbon dioxide They have carbon dioxide because carbon dioxide is in our atmosphere, right? We as humans, we as animals breathe out carbon dioxide. So we provide just by living carbon dioxide to the plants so that they can photosynthesize. Um, And then the third thing that they need to do photosynthesis is energy. And they use energy... In the form of sunlight. So I'm going to do a little callback to the episode where we talked about the James Webb telescope. We talked a little bit about the electromagnetic spectrum. So just a quick and friendly reminder that light is energy. And the light that comes from the sun is energy in the form of ultraviolet light, right? You might recognize that term because if you use sunscreen, which you should um sunscreen protects us against uv rays ultraviolet rays uva uvb right those are things that are coming from the sun and it's energy it's energized right so the light particles the photons that come from the sun carry energy with them and that's the energy that plants scoop up they take it up And then with the combination of energy, carbon dioxide, and water, they can make sugar in the form of glucose, which the chemical compound uh, formula is C6H12O6. That's six carbons, 12 hydrogens, and six oxygens. Um, And then they also, as a byproduct of this reaction, give off a little bit of oxygen, which is you might have heard plants give off oxygen They give off oxygen as a byproduct of photosynthesis. So, TGIP. Thank God. No. TGFP. Thank God for photosynthesis. Yeah. Thank God for photosynthesis. Words and letters. Honestly, lots of things are hard for me these days. I don't know what's going on. Probably just... Dumb. (laughs) Okay. Anyway that's the overview of photosynthesis, right? The overall reaction, water, carbon dioxide energy leads to sugar and oxygen. Beautiful. But let's get a little more specific with it, if we may. Um, So photosynthesis, the process itself has two main um, processes, I guess, two cycles. So the first is called the light-dependent reactions. And the light-dependent reactions, or the light reactions, occur in the thylakoid. So remember those hockey pucks, the poker chips that are all stacked up in the stroma? That's where the light-dependent reactions happen. And then the second step, the second process, is called the Calvin cycle. And the Calvin cycle happens in the stroma, or like the chewy caramel middle of our chloroplast milk dud. So let's start with the first step, the light reactions. So during the light reactions, which occur in the thylakoid, sunlight hits the plant cell, hits the leaf we'll say, goes to the cell and then hits the chloroplast and then hits the thylakoid membrane. So it little, little light rays, the little, little photons from the sun go down through the plant cell, through the chloroplast to the thylakoid membrane. And the energy from that light photon, that light ray, causes a bunch of reactions to happen. And I am not going to describe the specifics of it because in a former life, I knew it very well. I had to have it memorized. Not today. I, I don't remember. But basically, a bunch of chain reactions happen that rearranges some hydrogen ions from water. So it takes water and it like rearranges some hydrogens and some oxygens and it does these little bits of reactions that eventually ends with the production of ATP, which is an acronym for adenosine triphosphate. For some context, living things, animals and plants alike, use ATP to get energy, And the way that they get energy from ATP is they have an adenosine, which is like a little molecule with three phosphates attached. That's the ATP, right? Adenosine triphosphate, three phosphates. To get energy from ATP, they have to cut off a phosphate group. And in cutting off one of the phosphates, the breaking of that bond between one of the phosphates and the ATP molecule releases energy. And then they can use that energy to make a different molecule to make a different bond, right? So in breaking ATP for energy, you're left with ADP, adenosine diphosphate, plus a phosphate group, plus energy that can be used to do other things. That's just some context. Um, But so at the end of the light reactions, the chloroplast now has usable energy molecules. That's the big picture, right? So next, after the light reactions happen, we move on to the Calvin cycle, um, which takes place in the stroma. I really can't believe that I'm talking about this right now. Like, I remember when I had to learn this and, like, memorize this in college, bio 202, 201, something like that, and I remember being like, I can't wait for the day when I'll never have to think about the Calvin cycle again. And here we are. It's been a solid 10-year run of not thinking about the Calvin cycle, but we're back, baby. You always come back, always come back to the science. Anyways, the Calvin cycle the Calvin cycle takes the ATP molecule, that usable energy molecule from the light reaction, takes that ATP and breaks it up and uses the energy of breaking up the ATP to build a glucose molecule from carbon dioxide and hydrogen. And then it also releases some oxygen on the side. So it's kind of like an investment, I guess, right? Like the, the light reactions make a little bit of energy, and then the Calvin cycle uses that little bit of energy that's made to make a glucose molecule, um, and then that glucose molecule can like float around the cell and like do what it needs to do. It'll go to the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell. And that will undergo cellular respiration, which is a process of breaking up glucose to make even more ATP, to make even more energy, right? So it's sort of like a, an investment of energy with a donation from the sun to, so we convert the sun's energy into energy that the cell can actually use, and use that energy to make something that can also be used for energy. Right? Is that the right way of thinking about it? I think that's the right way of thinking about it. Um, But in that case, now the plant has plenty of energy, right, to grow and to live and stuff, right? Because living things need energy to survive. Um, But also, kind of a sad thought now that we're thinking about it this way, the plant is a living thing and it's making glucose for itself, but it also provides glucose to things that eat plants, right? Animals that eat plants, we get the sugar that the plant makes when we eat it. So it's kind of sad that the plant has to go through all of this and then we just eat it. What else are we going to do? Filter feed feed. That's another SpongeBob reference. I'm not gonna do the actual noise that he makes. Telling you. If you don't have an appreciation for SpongeBob references, maybe you should just unsubscribe. Unfollow, block, block me. Thanks. Anyway, that's a summary of photosynthesis, the details of photosynthesis. That about rounds out our plant primer. So hopefully now we have a good idea on how plants function, particularly when it comes to photosynthesis in the chloroplast. And also just the the makeup of plants and specifically the chloroplast making the plant green because of chlorophyll and other pigments. Remember that, remember that nugget, those breadcrumbs that I left? Pick those up now. Follow them, follow them, follow me. Because now we're gonna go to the next question, which is, why do leaves, Ooh. there we go. Why do leaves change their color in the fall? Um, this photo provided by me. I'm not, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm just saying, this is a real thing that I took. I took this picture. Um, if, you're, if you're listening, uh, it's a picture of trees that are changing color. You're welcome. Um, so the next question that we, we're going to talk about today is why do leaves change color in the fall? And I think one important thing to talk about before we talk about the leaves themselves is like the environment around the leaves during fall. Like What is happening to the environment the climate, if you will, in the fall. So the first thing is that temperatures drop. So uh, the colder weather, the drop in temperature, signals for the trees to sort of pack it up. Like they know it's a signal to be like, hey, it's about to get really, really cold and you're not gonna have, excuse me, And the trees aren't going to have enough sunlight or, like, at an appropriate temperature to survive. So it's basically like, let's ramp things down a little bit and, like, cool it, if you know what I mean. Um, And actually, kind of an interesting point to this about temperatures dropping, Um, I read an article recently that I'm going to link below um, that mentioned that because the climate is warming because temperatures are rising, like, generally, uh, and, like, the summers are getting hotter. The trees are getting these signals to shut down, like, the colder temperature. Uh, They're getting these signals later in the year. And um, it was the Columbia Climate School, uh, Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory, that installed a camera somewhere... around trees, and basically looked at, tracked the color of the leaves and the foliage over time, and I think they installed it in like 2020, and they found that um, the leaves changed color a couple of days later in 2021 than they did in 2020. Um, so I think this is sort of, I haven't done too much additional research on it, but it would be really interesting to see if you could do some sort of correlation with like the average temperature in the summer and like the data, which the leaves change, right? Cause if it's like a hotter summer or like, you know, it stays hotter for longer and then the leaves change later, that's sort of providing evidence for this idea that the temperature signals, um, the shutdown of, the leaves, essentially. But anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. I'll link the article in the description if you want to check it out. Um, anyway, where were we? Um, <laughs> the, so the temperatures drop in fall, but another thing that happens is the days get shorter. We could talk about that another time. That could be a whole other episode about, like, Earth, seasons, time you know, the time between seasons and why we experience certain things at certain points of the year. Um, But I think we can all agree that during the fall, the days start to get shorter, right? In the summertime, the sun set at like 8.30 at night. And now the sun's setting at like 6, right? There's less light during the day. The days are getting shorter. And because of this, this leads to, well, less light during the day because the days are shorter, less light leads to less photosynthesis happening because photosynthesis, the first step of the light dependent reactions depends on light. So if there's less light, there's less photosynthesis happening, which leads to less glucose being made in the plants. And when there's less glucose being made, there's less energy for like less energy source, less energy produced. Um, so, like, less glucose, less energy. And when there's less energy, the cell can't keep up its normal routines, its normal upkeep. It can't grow. It can't, you know, do things that plants do. Um, and because of this, it starts to die. Um, and before the plant totally dies, uh, chloroplasts themselves start to sort of shrivel up and die. Um, because there's not a lot of energy supporting them. Um, and during this process, chlorophyll, which is the green pigment that makes chloroplast g- green and makes leaves green, um, they decline first, right? And remember, there was so much chlorophyll in leaves that leaves just looked green. Um, whereas the other pigments, the carotenoid pigments, like carotene, which makes leaves like orange yellow, Um, they're there, but they're not like the life of the party. You know, they're like in, they're in the corner. Um, they're in the corner watching you, you know, that song. Okay. Anyway, so they're in the corner. They're not the life of the party. Okay. But then as chlorophyll starts to die, um, it's like their time to shine a little bit. Um, So the chlorophyll dies, the leaf becomes less green, and in becoming less green, we start to see these beautiful reds and yellows and oranges because those other pigments are like, the party's not over yet. Um, But then like maybe three or four weeks later, nature's like, yeah, party's over. You're done. And then the leaf shrivels up and falls off the tree. Um, So... That's sort of the process of why leaves change color. It's because the environment signals to the tree, "Hey, it's about to get really cold. Maybe you should cool it on all of like the energy that you're using." And in doing that, um, less photosynthesis is happening because there's less light, and uh, you know there's less energy being produced because there's less glucose being produced, and then the leaf just sort of shrivels up and dies. But before it completely dies, we see a little bit of beauty of the other pigments that are in the leaf, the carotenoids, the carotene, red and yellow and orange pigments. So that's why. That's the single slide for like the whole point of the episode. But I don't know. I thought it was cool. I I, I always figured that maybe it was like the... Green, like the green chlorophyll pigment like dying and it's just like decaying and it becomes yellow and then it becomes red and then it dies. I didn't realize there were like other pigments in the leaf that were like there the whole time. Um so I don't know, I learned that. Maybe you learned it too. That would be cool. Maybe you're like, yeah, Sam, I knew that. In which case, why didn't you tell me? Why did I have to find out by myself? Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's why leaves change colors. So now when you see the leaves changing colors, like if you're going to take a nature walk today and you're looking around and you're seeing there's a lot of yellow on these trees, there's a lot of orange here, or maybe a lot of your branches are empty now because it's kind of late in the season. Maybe a lot of your branches are empty. And then you're like, here lie. This is a graveyard for dead chlorophyll. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, now, you know when you see the leaves change colors, it's visual evidence of the molecular changes that are happening in the plant cells themselves. So pretty cool and pretty, pretty. Love it. Okay. So closing thoughts for this week's episode. One is just plants I haven't talked about plants yet on this podcast, but they are pretty cool things. They're pretty amazing. We love a self-sufficient queen who, like, "Yeah, I need glucose to make energy, but I'll just make it myself." That's pretty badass when you think about it. Um, so I don't know. I kind of had fun talking about them. And they, also they, let's not forget, they literally give us oxygen and sustenance, and they look pretty. So plants are MVP of the Earth. If you're gonna ask me, plants are the MVP of the entire earth that we live on. Um, and then the other closing thought was just to enjoy the foliage. If you are in a place in the world where the leaves are changing, um, go out and like appreciate them because it's so beautiful. And if you do go out there and enjoy the beautiful foliage, take a picture and tag me in it on Twitter and Instagram, or send it to me on Twitter and Instagram because I love a good foliage photo. I love it. This is like my favorite time of year because everything is so beautiful when the leaves change color. So if you, I mean, I have tons of pictures. I've also taken all of these pictures that are on the slide. I have tons of pictures of foliage, but it never gets old. For me, it never gets old. So if you have any, send them to me because it gives me a lot of joy and happiness, please. And thank you very much. Okay. That's all for this week's episode um, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And you can also subscribe on YouTube, please. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at samsplainingci. Connect with me there and ask questions if you'd like. You can also submit your questions to samsplainingci.com slash ask. So if you have anything that you want Sam Splain to you, ask away. I already have next week's episode in the works. Um, but if there's any other topics that you want to hear about, definitely let me know. Cause I am taking suggestions for future episodes. Um, so yeah, don't be shy. Message me, submit a question, ask a question on samsplanningscience.com slash ask has an anonymous feature. Like you don't have to put your name. So if you want to retain your anonymity, you can do that there. Um, or you can just DM me wherever, uh, always taking suggestions. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you learned a little bit and laughed a little bit and I will talk to you next time. Bye.